the mother-loving future show hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown. Because this week's episode starts in three, two, one. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everyone. Hi, I'm so happy you're here with us today with two of my most favorite ladies in the whole entire world. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode on the other side of the death cycle with Marja. This episode will be helpful for anyone who feels slammed by life recently after facing some serious death cycles and is wondering what the heck lies on the other side of all of this craziness. Is there a way out? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? We're going to find out today. It's always a wild ride with our favorite Marja. So hold on to your seats. Welcome. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi. Hello, Marja. We are so excited to have you on today. We know that there is no one else who would rather be talking about this incredibly mystical topic with. Or so most mystical topics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally most. Jenna, do you have a definition for us? Yes, I do. So this is my stab of a definition of on the other side of the death cycle. So one of the greatest and most painful human conceptions is that of death. Since our souls are infinite, death always means rebirth. This can be true on the mortal scale of actual physical death or on a smaller scale as we experience many deaths over the course of our lifetime. The deaths of old versions of ourselves or situations, for example which always mean being born again into a new version of ourself or a new situation. Death can also often seem like the end of the world from the human viewpoint, but perhaps we can understand that change means evolution and that the bonds of love can never be broken. So beautiful as always, more poetic than ever. And Marsha, I know that you're going to have something to contribute to that beautiful definition. Yes, I will contribute an experiential addition starting where Jenna left off to the point of that love is the connector between the two sides. In my experiences with loss of loved ones, working with seances, working with mediums, working with funerals, it appears that there is a separation and a loss because the person is no longer there. But when you're able to go through the pain of grief, that dark, dark tunnel of grief, and handle that pain and not lose your love, you find that it makes a bridge that connects the two sides together. So you can directly experience the other side of death by going on that bridge of love. And you, what you find is that the love never dies. Even though death can cause a separation, love goes through that death and doesn't stop and it comes out the other side. So the thing that connects the two sides, you can experience directly. All you have to do is go through that dark tunnel of grief. Oh, I love that. There is hope. 
And it's really hard to get hope and a positive perspective when you can't see that light at the end of the tunnel. So that's a really good baseline to start this this conversation on is that there is a bigger meaning and a bigger reason for all of this. And it's pushing us through, squeezing us through to a new, fresh upgrade, reset, new beginning. So there is hope. Marja, you are one of the most incredibly intelligent and knowledgeable witches I know (laughs) and that is the truth that is the truth and so we need to introduce you legitimately to our audience Jenna do you have a a little intro for our audience yes I do so Maja is a practicing witch who performs public rituals and gives educational lectures Maja's interest in alchemy magic and the esoteric sciences spans her entire lifetime After completing her bachelor's degree in biochemistry, Maja studied oriental medicine, martial arts, and acupuncture, later earning her master's degree in transformational psychology. Maja worked for 11 years as the librarian of the Manly P. Hall's Philosophical Research Society Library, author of several books, journals, articles, and blog content. Maja writes and is a visual artist. Currently, Maja is starting a public educational nonprofit 501c3 called The Well Wishers, which focuses on teaching wellness and esoteric sciences to the community. And I love, Maja, how you're through The Well Wishers and just through your work in general, you're, from your YouTube videos to your podcast interviews to everything you do, that you're taking this hidden esoteric knowledge, which has been kept away from humanity for so many generations and you're putting it out there to in a helpful way for people to understand. Ah, uh, thanks. Yeah, for me it's a big passion because I feel like this esoteric information was removed from humanity and it has kind of um paralyzed people from being able to accomplish part of the human evolutionary process, which is to connect to their conscience, connect to their heart which enables them actually to make good moral and ethical decisions and choices rather than being trapped in their animal nature. So I, it's my belief that many of the problems that we're facing today could be avoided if people only knew and learned the process of being able to go through connection to themselves through these esoteric processes. And it's very possible for people to learn them. They can they can be given to the general public through education and we can prevent a lot of dumb, dumb mistakes. <laughs> I love that. They seem to be the tools, these esoteric tools are the pathway to a whole new paradigm and a consciousness upgrade, hopefully. So thank you, Marja, for making them available. As Jenna said, what an incredible, incredible honor. What do your divination tools, and I know that you work with astrology, tarot, I Ching, What did these divination tools say about the current death cycle that so many of us have been experiencing? Yeah, they are very active in what they say about what's happening now. And there's no doubt about that there is a phenomenon occurring currently that we're all experiencing together. My favorite is the I Ching, which for those of you that don't know, is a Chinese divination method, which we're not sure how old it is. It goes back to 6500 BC, at least. Uh, I am putting out a book later this year in December called The Occult I Ching on my studies with it. And when I asked the I Ching about what's happening, 
it consistently replies with the hexagram 19, which means new beginning or a new approach or a new cycle. So even though there is so much death and destruction and loss occurring for people, the I Ching seems very adamant uh, about professing that we're actually heading towards a new beginning or fresh start of something. So it's almost like a shedding process that we're currently undergoing. Oh, and you know the I Ching doesn't lie. So thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it speaks in riddles. Um, <laughs> That's true. I th- I think I completely agree that where I feel and sense and have gotten the information that we're going through a massive healing and upgrading situation on the earth right now, which if you're not if you're not looking at it that way, it can totally feel and you know seem like death because it's death of the old death of the old versions of ourselves, the sick versions of ourselves, the the stagnated energies within us coming to the surface to be released. So, um, you know, and when those energies do come to the surface to be released, even though we all want to heal and, and get rid of them, it's can be so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, you know, I know myself personally, I've been going through an intense um, letting go and shedding of a lot of old energies in my life. And it's being reflected physically through a major, basically, I'm breaking out in hives and I have eczema all over my hands, which has never happened before. So it's just like my body is completely um, reacting to to these energies that way. Mm-hmm. The purge. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the purge is real. And Jenna, thank you for sharing your personal experience on this current death cycle, because this can be quite an untangible topic. So I feel like if we all share a little bit of a personal experience, our listeners will start to relate to what we're saying and maybe understand and apply what we're talking about to their own life and perhaps find a way to to embrace it in a way where you you can um really upgrade from all of this so Marja do you have anything that's happening to you personally that you would like to share on this on this cycle yes so I will do in two parts because I personally experience the totality because of my spiritual practices that I learned from Dr. Kelvin DeWolf so I'll do first the collective that I have witnessed and personally seen through my eyes, and then also what is happening to little Maja. I call it, I have like big Maja and little Maja, if that makes sense. Oh my God. Yeah. That is so perfect cute. sense. There's I love like that. Our over self. I have like this over self that um, is not directly me, but it is also me. So <laughs> I know that's like abstract. But when I go into meditation, and since uh, 2017, I have been experiencing death waves that have been occurring. So I know people die all the time. That's part of the natural cycle. But beginning with David Bowie, I saw that there were clusters of people that were all passing together in waves. And those waves would occur at eclipses, at the solstices and at equinoxes specifically. And I tracked them on my social media. And basically, I would see at the same time, hundreds of people experiencing death and loss all at the same exact times. So there were these kind of periodic uh, losses with the contraction. So similarly to those of you that have given birth, you know that those contractions happen at certain times and intervals. And that's what I saw with these death waves. Collectively, we did see a rise in the death rates. So the CDC announced that for the first time in decades, there was an increase in the death rate. So more people were dying than being born. And they did attribute those mass deaths to 
suicides and two overdoses. Okay. So from my perspective, what I saw in both of those suicides and overdoses is that people get caught in a kind of gravitational tunnel where their thinking becomes singular and they can see no way out. So they're kind of trapped in a dark tunnel that is usually caused by pain or an inability to see through or see past something, which is that kind of grief tunnel that I mentioned earlier. So what's happening is we're having a large percentage of the population of humans that are getting caught into these tunnels, and it's creating vortexes that other people are just kind of getting caught into in what I'm calling the undertow. So just for the general awareness, if you feel that you're getting sucked into one of these tunnels and having that occur, please know that you are not the only one that there's a large portion, a larger than normal portion of the human organism having these death experiences right now and getting caught up in some of those waves. So that is just collectively to know so that people don't think that personally there's something wrong with them, they're doing something bad, that negative things are happening. This is absolutely a collective experience. There are also, since 2017, if you go on Google, you'll notice that there have been huge die-offs of many animal populations. Die-offs are natural and they happen all the time. As we know, I think it's something like 98% of the species that have ever been on the earth have been extinct. But currently, those numbers have been increasing a little abnormally, according to scientists. And so if you notice, we are literally physically experiencing large amounts of death for whatever reason. Like Jenna said, there's kind of like a purgation happening. Some spiritual or new age people are calling it a culling or a cleansing, but really it is just part of the contraction that is happening. And then some people are really getting squeezed. And if they don't have the resources or ability to withstand or resist the squeeze, they're getting sucked into some of those undertoes. I personally have been experiencing it. Um, many of my clients are are really going through it with diseases, with literal deaths. But also I've noticed that for myself and everyone else, we're having huge changes of our personalities, of our lives. We're losing groups of friends. We're moving places. Uh, I'm literally moving location. We're getting forced to release the past in huge ways. And those are so that new systems can be put in place. So we have to make different choices. We have to make better choices. We have to learn and grow and we have to expand ourselves. So the the opposite force, when we have huge contractions, if you want to try to help resist it, you must expand because that's the polarity of the contraction. So for me personally, when my anxiety going through the changes uh, raises to very high levels or I have you know, Jenna, like you with health episodes, you want to go directly into your personal contraction and expansion, which is your breath. So the more time that you can spend expanding your lungs to their greatest, fullest capacity, expanding your belly with that breath, that's going to be a very valuable tool in terms of trying to fight that polarity of opposition with the contractions. Oh, I'm doing it right now and it feels so good. It's just like in a real birth. <laughs> yes, it really is. And I don't know about you guys. We can talk about that too. But for me, I know they teach Lamaze breathing. For me, that did nothing. I had to do long, slow, deep breaths was what got me through. Mm-hmm. 
I love, I love the fact this concept of moving with the contractions. And I think that what we're discussing today is so, so it's just such a massive tool to be able to reframe this concept of death. It's not really ending. It's the ending of a cycle, but it's really pushing us towards the rebirth and the restructuring of systems that are going to upgrade our way of being, our earth, our connection with spirit, the consciousness of humanity and the universe, hopefully. And in times where I'm feeling so overwhelmed by let's just pick one thing because there are so many right now, like the the political agendas, for, for instance, things that are happening that seem so out of my control and so threatening to my own personal freedom or the environmental yeah. decisions. I look at that and and I get in such a paralysis around, wow, what is the earth going to look like in 10 years' time for my children, environmentally, politically? The powers to be are really threatening um, all the goodness (laughs) on the earth. And I always love to remember that this is revealing itself to for us to recognize systems that don't work and therefore there will be a natural crumbling of what is not working and what is not in alignment with our evolution a positive evolution and then that crumbling that the reveal of it needs to happen in order for it to crumble and then that crumbling or death makes way for a new format, a new system. And it's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's painful. We want to run away. But on the other side of that, you're meeting your baby. You're meeting new life. You're meeting a whole new way of of doing things. So I think reframing is super, super important for a tool for people to to make it through this death cycle in in a graceful way. Totally. Well said. I, I agree. I really want to just say like meeting the new baby, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I did birth, it was so terrifying and scary and arduous when you're in that birth process of the contractions, it's like literally the hardest thing you have ever endured. But then that second that your baby comes out, for me, it was like all erased. Like it was like, as soon as my eyes met my baby's eyes, it was like I, nothing had kind of happened almost, and everything was now about the new thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know I'm currently pregnant, Masha? Don't tell you that. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm you so know. excited. I saw you before. <laughs> so yeah. that's happening. But why I wanted to mention that is because I've been doing a lot of research into birth second time rounds, unmedicated birth, which I'm, I'm I'm aiming for, and because I also had a extremely intense first unmedicated birth and I didn't want to take that trauma into the next birth and so I've been speaking to a lot of second time third time mamas and it's been fascinating that the feedback I've had from majority of mothers is that no one death cycle is ever the same and that your body now knows how to do it and that you don't have to be afraid of what's going on. You know that this is how your body is meant to be moving and the sensations you're meant to be feeling. And so you naturally open to the process and you naturally soften because you trust in it. You have that trust 
It's trust. It's, it's totally trust. And therefore, it's the transition through the death cycle uh, is far more graceful and easier and less painful, like on a physical and emotional level. And if I look back at my life and if I look back at traumatic moments, whenever that same circumstance occurs in my life, I'm a little more... Um, I'm a little more courageous around it and it seems to go smoother and take me down less. Well, knowledge, knowledge helps so much, right? The, the fear of the unknown is huge. So when you can gain connection to knowledge, it really alleviates a lot of the fear and distrust. Like a lot of people are so full of distrust and it's because they can't see, right? They can't feel they can't feel what's true they can't feel what's right so they don't know so they're they're trapped in these waves of chaos of feeling like vulnerable and they don't know who's telling the truth and who's lying when really there is a way to tell the truth and there is a way to feel your way through the dark you don't need to be able to see with light to know there are ways that you can do this and this is what the esoteric information can provide for people that haven't experienced, like you were saying, like having that advantage of having birth before gives you knowledge. So you don't face it with the unknown and you don't go into fear contraction. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And so are there any other tools for people who are weathering the storm right now? Because I know a lot of people and me personally, I've had random deaths in my life not immediate um, family, but people who I know and I've been close to and have been young and just very unexpected, strange deaths going on. And also people who are very close to me in my my life becoming extremely close to death through, um, through physical health breakdowns. Man, that is such a good question. And Jenna, you'll probably have Uh, some little tidbits to share on this too, I imagine from what you've been picking up. But one of the biggest things that I've been getting is not to go into isolation. Like I said, this is something that is happening on mass. So I can't tell you how many clients are feeling lost, like this is their suffering or their fault or something that is only their thing. And that is further shoving them down into the tunnel of darkness because they are really taking it personally. And if there's one thing that is true, you cannot take natural forces personally. Okay. (laughs) Like, are you going to take it personally that it rains on your wedding day? Right? Like, it's kind of like that. So we really have to break past our shell of self to look at the bigger picture, look at what's happening to everybody, look at what is going on. It's not just you. So that's really the first thing that I've been trying to help people through is that um, ego shell that they feel like there's something they did wrong or it's punishment for them or that they can't handle the suffering alone because there are so many people experiencing it that, you know, team up, we need a team, like it's going to take a village (laughs) to process and digest all of this, like we're here for each other. And if you get isolated, you're just going to have too much of the burden to have to shoulder. Sometimes you can't help it. Maybe you're isolated and there's nothing you can do because you got no peeps, you got no one. So if you are isolated in that fashion, I encourage you to go to community groups, even if it's just like local free grief 
counseling groups where people are sharing, where people are talking to each other. You know, you can just sit and talk to strangers. And that's like a huge part that we need help for everyone to help pick up a little bit of the load, right? So if you can do that, go to community resources. For the health stuff, you really are going to have to push the boundaries. If something isn't working with a health remedy and you're going through stuff, do investigation, do research, don't quit on yourself. Don't surrender to something that if you have a thing that's not working, don't be afraid to make that change. Make a total change. Try a totally new route, a different get a second opinion, get a third opinion, like go investigate. We really have to push ourselves to try to expand our circle. Don't get caught in a little tiny circle. Can I just say on the health front, it's been such a fascinating observation, but as people's symptoms are intensifying on the health front and they're not finding the answers in the Western medical system, I'm seeing people move their focus to trying to understand the root cause of their imbalances. And then that investigation is opening up a whole new unveiling of natural resources, of alternative health, of their inner wisdom and intuition, of just really stripping things back down to the earth and their own sense of self-empowerment because the old systems are not working anymore and they get desperate. It's either death or it's breaking through to a new way of doing things and really looking at the baseline. Absolutely. And that's the evolutionary part of all of this and of the squeezing. You know, I've heard it said, and I love this metaphor of like a toothpaste tube. It's like we've been squeezed. And when you squeeze a toothpaste tube, when you're down to the last very core bits of toothpaste, this, the, you really have to squeeze that tube super hard to get those last bits out. And it's kind of like that's where we are. And I, I agree with you, Amber. People who have been suffering with things for decades or even lifetimes. I know for myself, I'm clearing some patterns that have been with me for lifetimes around my throat chakra, around being scared to speak my truth. This has been, and now if I look at my you know, past life trajectory, which I did all that past life reg- regression, if I look at that, I can see how this these patterns of stagnation have really been with me for lifetimes. And when a pattern of stagnation, which has been with you for lifetimes, is coming to the surface to be released, we can expect for it not to be comfortable. Comfortable, you know, it's it's not comfortable. So one of my tips and tricks would be gratitude for the discomfort because looking at it again, like a reframing, a shift of perspective, looking at it as all of that stagnation getting out of you. And instead of being in fear mode about it, instead of being like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I need to find a doctor. I need to find a solution. Da, 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 da. Instead being like, I'm grateful. I'm so happy that these hives are covering me right now because it's an indication that this is coming to the surface. It's getting out of me. It's coming out of my pores. And so shifting from from fear around symptoms to gratitude for symptoms is one of my one of my um and of course, listening to your intuition, because there's going to be those times when you need to see a doctor or a healthcare professional. I'm not giving health advice here. I'm just saying, you know, be grateful when patterns of stagnation are coming out of you, even if it's if it's uncomfortable. Another really big thing that has helped me has been, I know you, this is always said, but for me, it's I've gone to such a desperate state in some of my like shifting that I really have no choice but to be in the moment. So that means like um, 
not projecting into a future, not projecting into a past, but, but really when there's a huge sense of overwhelm, really just like Maja said, breathing, but also just looking around the present moment. What's around you right now, which is beautiful, which is something that is full of love, which can bring you joy. Because when you're in a death cycle and you're in that dark tunnel, it can seem that everything is so horrible and it's in this dark light. But if um, you can find those little things in each moment, it's like those stepping stones through each moment that can walk you through the tunnel of like, what's beautiful? Oh, the breeze is blowing in such a way where it's, it's just so calming. And beautiful, just focusing on those beautiful and um, appealing aspects of the present moment and sort of walking yourself through the tunnel that way. I totally agree, Jenna. And it's so simple, but it's so profound. I actually start every day having a little gratitude practice. I lie in bed before I even open my eyes. I just get into my physical body. I get into the moment and I can hear the birds tweeting outside and suddenly I can feel how soft my linen sheets are and how warm and cozy and I can feel Valentine, my little boy's breath against my cheek and all these little things which you miss unless you're truly in the present moment, I can feel start Mm -hmm. to open my heart and in that heart space is relief, is trust, is my intuition, is my strength, is all the things I really need to be able to battle through what life is going to throw at me during the day. And the more we can implement those tiny little moments of just being grateful and in the present moment, I think that the lighter this this phase is going to become, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I wanted to add um, really quickly, I'm going to go dark side on y'all because I know like I, I'm a, I'm a middle pather, so I go both dark and light. And so something that you said, Jenna, about discomfort, I really want to offer to people. And part of my warrior training, we train ourselves uh, with Dr. Kelvin DeWolf to be okay with discomfort. And you make yourself uncomfortable on purpose in order that you can withstand more discomfort. And this is a very old and ancient practice. And it's a spiritual practice that many of the saints would partake in. And a lot of aesthetics It's very popular in a lot of the yoga teachings. For example, Jenna, there's this practice of wearing what they call a hair shirt. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but you wear the hair shirt. And this is in part of your sacrifice, right? So a hair shirt is a very uncomfortable shirt that makes you itch and scratch all over. And many of the saints would wear hair shirts under their clothes as a way to sacrifice their comfort for God and maintain their devotion and their practice regardless of the comfort. So a lot of ascetics in India will do the same thing like through bhakti where there'll be a sadhu who keeps his hand raised above his head for like 12 years and (laughs) just deals with the discomfort, okay? Practices of discomfort are a big deal and they will actually help you to not be annoyed by discomfort and to the point that it will actually not bother you. Pain is a way of our system to tell us something is wrong and not okay. So you do want to pay attention to your body. But as you go through warrior training, you learn that there are ways that you can deal with pain that actually strengthen you. For example, if you're going to build muscle and get buff, you actually have to tear and rip all of your muscles apart into pieces. And that is part of the literal growth process of your muscles is to tear yourself into little tiny pieces. And it's very uncomfortable and painful. And you can't move 
for several days after you do that. Does that mean it's bad? No, because when you come out the other side of it, you're a great big buff strongy pants, you know? So there's a lot of parts of dealing with discomfort that I think if you can shift the perspective and be okay with being in that place, like you said, Amber, about hope and there being hope, I like to point out that hope is only a polarity of fear. So you're still in an emotional roller coaster when you go between hope and fear. So I personally don't think you need hope to get through. It's okay to have discomfort. It's okay that you don't feel good all the time. That's part of life. You don't need that to cling to that hope to get you through. You'll get through it even if you're terrified the whole way, even if things are dark, even if things are bad, you'll still be fine. And you can live in that place of being okay, even if you're really uncomfortable, you don't feel good, don't fall into that tunnel. Oh my gosh, Maja, I love you. (laughs) You are such a freaking warrior. And you know what I took from what you just shared? I I went deep into the Kundalini Yoga training and did white tantric retreats and the whole thing. And you mentioned how in a lot of yoga, including Kundalini, they use discomfort as a way to strengthen the mind, not only the body, but yes. the mind. And I think that that is an incredible tool that if people are feeling up to upping their warriorship, they could try on. Ch- choose some yeah. type of physical challenge that they can apply that pushes them into discomfort and allows them to sit with discomfort without being afraid of it in order for their mind to develop those same attributes, which will help you through the discomfort of the mind, the emotional, mental, spiritual craziness that you explained earlier in the podcast is taking a lot of people down. There is a lot of suicide. There's a lot of isolation So I really do believe that we are this whole mechanism. And if we strengthen the physical, then our mental emotional will also be stronger and able to battle whatever is getting thrown at us during this intense time. So yeah, that was a really, really smart point. I like that. Yeah, you just, you know, sometimes things aren't okay. (laughs) And that's okay that they're not okay. Exactly. That's normal. And it's natural in nature. If you just look at nature outside of yourself, there's so many messed up, terrible things that happen. And that's perfectly all part of the well-being of the entire planet are mm-hmm. those things also. I, When you were explaining to us about the hair shirt, the itching shirt, I just visualized Jenna itching, just, just hearing about it, itching all over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, I'm definitely where I actually, my, my hives have been clearing up this week, but, um, it was like that. It was like itching all over. And that's my absolute, I'm so hypersensitive. So I'm so hypersensitive to discomfort and things that are comfortable for other people are like torturous for me. So I probably need to like train myself in discomfort (laughs) more. Oh my God. It's rigorous training. You have to like do it on purpose and it's for preparation, right? So one of the things my teacher says is you go through the purposeful discomfort and it's really like Amber said about training your mind. So when we feel out of control with the discomfort, like this discomfort has come upon us, like why has this happened to me? Why am I uncomfortable? I don't deserve this. This is torture, right? All that stuff in the book of Job, basically. Our mind loses 
its ability to do anything. We come unhinged. When we feel like we are in control of the discomfort and we are causing it to happen, we are guiding it, we lose that mental fear or the kind of like, spiral out into chaos because we understand that we can have a role in our discomfort in the management of it. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. I have Mm -hmm. to say. You really have to have a a warrior uh, understand the way of the warrior in order to trust that process because it just seems as, as we evolve, people become less and less able and willing to deal with discomfort. We've evolved into such a yeah. molly-coddled race, if you ask me, that people can't Boiled stand that, discomfort man. for a minute. They just distract themselves with the phone or they jump to the next relationship or they buy something, retail hurt. This, we, we're, I think that it's a, a very good point and to consciously take on a warriorship to train yourself to be okay with discomfort, that would, wow, that's incredible and admirable because a lot of people are just not interested in doing that. Part of the esoteric training is initiations, okay? So no one gets initiated anymore. So we're all kind of arrested development. Uh, and in most indigenous cultures, they have very specific initiations to pre- to in order to get you into maturity so that you learn how to deal with things without spiraling into a temper tantrum like a toddler, okay? <laughs> so you have a very specific initiation when you go into becoming a teenager or that kind of puberty session, right? So the purpose for those initiations are terrifying. They make you lose control. They make you very uncomfortable. A lot of times, right, you have to like jump from some terrible height or accomplish some kind of feat that is going to really challenge every part of your body, mind and spirit. And because people are not undergoing these initiations, they're never really trained how to pop through that part of themselves. And so they remain at this toddler level. What I think is the beauty of what's happening right now is that we're being forced against our will through the birth canal. And it's so intense for some people because they don't have the training and they've spent their life avoiding the discomfort. But we are, there's, I just feel intuitively there's something that's happening on a cosmic level that is squeezing us and forcing us, whether we like it or we're ready for it or not to that next level because I think what happens on earth dramatically affects what happens it has a ripple effect into the universe and there are other species and other forces out there that really are pushing us and nudging us towards evolving our systems for their sake as well for everyone's sake and so that brings me to my next question Maja do, has yeah. your, um, do you have any insight through your divination tools, astrology, tarot, whatever it may be, um, that is going to give us some clues as to when we can expect this cycle to be over and what is beyond this cycle? Yes, this is, these are all important questions <laughs> because I love divination because it does help answer some of those parameters, right? Like especially the astrology can help a lot with timelines so that you know when specific influences are going to be active. So as many of you waivers, consciousness waivers or star seeds or ascensioners or whatever word you want to use, um, treaders of the dawn, the dawn treaders, um, have noticed uh, the awakening cycles have also been happening in uh, parallel to these death cycles. So 
along with the death waves that have been occurring, there have been people rising to awareness and consciousness in waves as well in large groups and kind of en masse in hundreds of people. I kind of feel a little bummed that it's not happening to more people. I'm kind of like, get with the giggity, man. Like, what's that pop that's going to scoot us all up there? I get very impatient. Um, as a Sagittarius, I'm very fiery. So I'm like, come on, let's go right now. I'm, I was ready like three days ago for everything. So <laughs> I feel that way too. <laughs> right. The, the astrology has definitely started with the blood moon cycles. Um, and ironically started in 2012, which of course was when all the prophecies said that, um, we would be experiencing something. I don't know like what language you want to use to talk about it. Right. But I think it's fair to say we're experiencing a phenomenon, whatever that may be and whatever explanation you have. So Definitely the blood moon cycles have now come to their fruition and their ending and the eclipse cycles are coming to conclusions. So for a lot of the astrology, there's major shifts that actually just started June 21st at this summer solstice was what most of the planetary data is trying to get people up to getting ready for the new start and the new beginning. The negativity and the um, kind of beginning of the end really all started in 2016 uh, with a lot of collapses. Uh, obviously, there were collapses occurring before then, but a lot of the massive collapses, in my experience, went from the complete negativity and polarization of people from each other in 2016, of course, into the elections when most of humanity started really polarizing between each other into these good and evil judgments of each other and separating into these factions. And then, of course, that's going systemically. So what we're seeing now is that after all of these massive separations, which of course is the death cycle, because death is that separation experience, people are like, oh man, this isn't going to work if we don't work with each other. So a lot of people have been seeing how much they need each other and they need other people. So now we're beginning to see the first parts of the, the um, expansions where people are starting to come together after a lot of the separations and polarities. People are now starting to regroup, reorganize. They're figuring out that all this stuff has to get done. So now they have to kind of come together uh, in these great big, large ways in order to get the new systems underway. So there's going to be a large astrological event in 2020, in December of 2020, we're having what's called a grand conjunction. And it's what happens when Jupiter and Saturn meet each other. That is occurring at the very end of Capricorn and the very beginning of Aquarius. So that is Capricorn is the old system, you know, patriarchy, uh, banking systems, a lot of economic things. Aquarius is the new wave of tech, of um, the ingenue, the inventors. So we're going to see a lot of inventions coming out in December of 2020. I think especially technological inventions that are going to be looking to fill the gap of the old systems. And we're going to see a huge transition at that time. In my opinion, it's going to um, come in the form of a lot of the energy systems that are trying to get going. Like, of course, Tesla, I think it's going to have a big leap at that time. Horrifyingly enough, I think there's going to be a huge wave of robot advancement. So it's going to get real wild coming up. But the 
the replacements of these systems are definitely going to start 2020. And a lot of people have predicted, uh, astrologers as well, that from 2020 to 2023, we're going to be seeing the seeding of those new systems beginning. Wow. Let's hope for that. Oh my gosh. Does this mean that cryptocurrency <laughs> is finally going to take back off because <laughs> Carrie's all his, all his prayers will come true if cryptocurrency starts to take off again. He's <laughs> currently in a lot of debt <laughs> with crypto. <laughs> yeah. He's got to wait it out, man. Saturn and Pluto are both retrograde and Capricorn right now. So all of the old banking systems are going kaputnik. Like I might get in trouble for saying this, you guys. Sometimes people get in trouble for advocating removing funds from banks because it causes what's called a run on the banks, which was even in the film Mary Poppins. But if individuals can do things like join credit unions that are community-based, like where are you putting your funding? What systems are you using? Are you feeding? Are you contributing to? Look at your personal systems. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. I know a lot of um, very, very smart entrepreneurial people who are looking exactly into that industry and a community online banking not run by massive boys club corporations, really kind of new paradigm, new system way to manage money. And so it's it's really interesting that that was one of the things you highlighted. Oh my gosh, so fascinating. Well, it all looks good to me. It sounds like, it sounds like we're not going to be in this crazy death cycle for too much longer and that there's going to be soon a breakthrough to massive new systems, like really hardcore systems well, around the world. But 2020 is also kind of far away, depending on what your perspective is and people who are yeah. stuck in the, in the death tunnel right now and can't handle it. That's quite a long way to wait without perspective. So Hopefully they'll be listening to this episode. <laughs> yes. No, I really want people to know that, yes, everything is dying. Like you're not crazy. Like it's true. There's massive change occurring. And so for people who aren't able to digest it, you know, at a high enough volume or are really trapped in some dying system and and unable to get out again, like we can offer you know, perspective, like you said, Jenna, and to hope that people can expand their perspective outside of just their own situation into something larger, even just that can help keep you out of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I also suggest getting an astrology tarot eating reading from Maja because in times where I have <laughs> felt like I can't make sense of the crazy cycles going on in my life, I check in with Maja, I have a reading and <laughs> It's such a sense of relief to have that insight that actually everything's going to be okay. And this is where I need to surrender a bit. This is where I need to fight a bit and I'm on the right track. So I would highly, highly recommend anyone going through some turbulence to get in touch with Marja. And that is the perfect segue, Marja, for us to ask you, what are you up to? How can people get involved? How can they get in touch with you? Oh, yeah, sure. I've been, you know, diligently trying to go and talk to people. So um, my website is witchofthedawn.com. And I usually post all my events on social media. I've been writing like a crazy person. So I have a lot of books coming out right now. So cool. With beautiful artwork, I might interject. 
Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I do have a tarot deck available for people that has messages that I got from deep meditation for years of sacrifice and fasting and doing crazy spiritual activity. I wrote for dealing with the emotional energy and the physical energy. I wrote the witch's bestiary, which contains esoteric and mythological information about how we deal with our bodies and our emotions and some of the advice from the ancients for that. I have a book called Familiars and Witchcraft out this July talking about guidance spirits using divination systems, hooking in with angels and um, assistants or guides. Like you said, Amber, earlier that other places in the universe, um, the earth doesn't live in a vacuum. Like we're connected to everything, just like every person is connected to everyone else. So there are intelligences that are trying to assist and you can listen to those. They're pretty easy to access through divination systems, actually. And then my work on the I Ching is really focusing on that specific language and work to try to help people so that you can use it yourself too. You can empower yourself and use these divination systems to just help get you through if you're really in the waves of the chaos. And then I'm also going to be doing public talks. Like I said, with my nonprofit, I give um, public talks around and then uh, just things on podcasts like your guys that try to help people and help people through all this spiritual transition that's mm. happening. Wow, beautiful. I'm enrolled in absolutely anything and everything you're into, Marja. You are so incredible. Thank <laughs> you for all the work you do and all that you're generating and putting out there. And you're such a beautiful open source of wisdom and light. So thank you, Marja. You're incredible. Oh, my pleasure. Of course. Pleasure. And we, such a oh way shower. Majorly. She, she's up there with a machete with her warrior outfit on, hacking away <laughs> totally. the new path for the new just paradigm. Just bushwhacking at the bushwhacking. old paradigm. You got right? it. Just <laughs> <out>. <laughs> oh, Darn. my gosh. And for any other bushwhacking warriors out there who are up to the challenge to accept our invitation for this episode, I'm thinking of something really juicy that you can sink your teeth into. Jenna, have you got any ideas for our <laughs> handing that one over? I knew have you were you gonna any ideas for our invitation. I mean, I would assume just offering Yes, okay, I do. I have one. Okay, so you know, we've been talking this whole episode about how we're going through these contraction waves, squeezing out anything within us that is not serving in order for our greater evolution. So my um, my challenge to our listeners is where in your life are you being squeezed and how is that manifesting either physically, emotionally, spiritually, or mentally in your life? And how can you shift the perspective on your discomfort to... Um, to look at it, to be grateful as 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 a byproduct of your evolution. Oh, beautiful, eloquent, on point. Oh, good. Do it, do it. Excellent. Well, that's it, ladies. It has been a pleasure as usual. Thank you, everyone else. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. We are so grateful for you being part of our community and being part of this conversation and. This is all about a community effort, rising our vibration together in order to find that bushwhacking path towards the new paradigm. So thanks for being part of this conversation. If you enjoyed today's Thank episode, you. please leave us a review, share this with someone you think would get a lot of goodness out of this conversation as well. 
and subscribe on iTunes. We're all in this together and we can't wait to have you with us next week. So go forth and bushwhack and we will we'll feel you with us next week. <laughs> See you later. See you later, guys. Thank you, Maja, so much for lending your expertise. Thanks for all you guys do in your you. service. We love My you. pleasure. We love you. Thank you.